Welcome in to another Golden Sombrero Show. I'm Dominic Stern, joined as always by Cole Bradley and Ryan Blank. I'm very happy to have two happy co-hosts as their football teams both won tonight on Monday Night Football, Ryan's Chiefs and Cole's Diamondbacks. So congrats. Uh, guys. Hey, Cardinals, not Diamondbacks. <laughs> Arizona. I apologize. Anyways, uh, we're here to talk about the World Series, talk about the AL and NLCS. Guys, how are you doing today? I'm Good, doing man. great. I'm doing great. The Chiefs won. Yeah. I'm living. I'm living right now. Yeah, the, the Chiefs in my lifetime are want to know when Ryan doesn't pick them in our 4-3 shows. So maybe you should do that more often, Ryan. Am I right? I'm so, ha- I'm so happy <laughs> that the C-words left San Diego just Thanks. to give you pain. Cool. All right. Anyways, we got a show to talk about. We – we got some baseball to talk about. Let's let's start with the American League. Uh, I mean, this this was an electric series. Uh, the total point differential or run differential of the series was 13 in the seven games, which is absolutely incredible. So, what did you guys think of the series? That uh, the Tampa Bay Rays they ended up winning Game Seven after going up 3-0 and then making it Game Seven. Well, I mean. It was an entertaining series, and I, I I anticipated and predicted it was going to go seven games, and I, I, I knew it was going to be a battle considering how well Houston had played, has played since coming into the postseason. Um, the, the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to the Astros is, you know, it, it just further proves, you know, they didn't need to do what they did in 2017. I mean, this is just such a good team. They battle. They're, they're really strong offensively, and they know how to put – things together when it matters most. And they played that way quite a bit over the course of the series. But it was a really uh, well-played series on both ends. I think the Rays, it was really just about, you know, the Rays playing their textbook brand of baseball, which is get an early lead and then, you know, just leave it to your starting pitching and bullpen to just take care of the rest. And, you know, they don't need a lot. They need one, two, maybe three runs, and they're okay. Um, and they proved that in games one through three. I think after Houston started to settle in a little bit, started taking a little bit more meaningful at-bats, started actually finding holes with some of their um, hard contact, um, that's when it started. the tide started to turn a little bit, if you will. Um, but either way, really well-played series on both ends. I thought, you know, after game six, seeing how much the momentum had swayed in the Astros' favor, there was no way that – you know, the Rays were going to come out in game seven, you know, and, and have and not have their hands full. But Charlie Morton and company shut him down and did a really nice job. Um, you can't really talk about the series without talking about Randy Rosarena, who's becoming a star right in front of our eyes. Um, to say the least, the Rays won that Cardinals trade at the beginning of the year. Um, and it's 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 being proven right now, honestly. He's I mean, he's just been incredible. He's virtually come out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, just submitted his case for, you know, one of the best players in the game at this moment um, during the postseason. So kudos to him again, you know, for the Rays as well, just doing playing their brand of baseball. But overall, really good series. Um, and I mean, you know, Tampa Bay, again, just, you know, finds a way to get the job done. Um, and they're in the World Series because of it. Yeah, Cole hit it right on the head. They relied on their style of play. And that's what's made the Rays so difficult to beat throughout the course of this season. 
They haven't tried to conform to anything. They've played their style of baseball, relying on their pitching. Yet, when needed, they can win through small ball. They can win through the long ball even. You you saw that with the Rosarena, who's hit seven home runs in the playoffs so far. He's been terrific for them. But Charlie Morton came up big. The pitching staff is the highlight. It's the star of this team. And we've all known this. And the ability to shut down a red-hot Astros team in Game 7 was terrific. Their ability to only hold them to two runs was huge. You saw an Astros team prove that they were resilient. They weren't going to give up. They weren't going to stop until they had something to prove that, yeah, so what, we cheated, but that doesn't define us. This team of the Astros is still very good. They made it to the ALCS and were one game away from the World Series without their ace in Justin Verlander after losing Garrett Cole. The team has so much talent that they never needed to cheat. We've discussed this multiple times. But their message was to get to that point, and they put themselves in a great spot. The Rays are just that disciplined and that good of a team where they can beat you with their pitching and with their style of, of baseball. They don't try to do anything flashy. They just go out and do the little things right. They pitch well. They, pray, they play great defense, and they get the runs manufactured in, whether it's through the long ball or small ball. Great. You mentioned the defense. I feel like that's another really big part of this team. And it's not just the fact that their guys can play defense. It's the fact that the coaching staff, they scout, they look at, they look at the analytics, they look at where you're hitting the balls as of late, you know, depending on the type of pitcher, and they're putting their guys in the spots to make the plays. The left side of the infield, Joey Wendell and Willie Adamas, it, it always felt like I was watching a Padres game at Petco Park with Megan Machado and Fanner Tatis Jr. on that side. Nothing was getting through. Fantastic plays left and right. It was truly incredible to watch. The outfielders, they were, they were put in the right spots. We saw Kevin Kiermaier make a ton of great plays. We saw Manuel Margot playing right field. We saw Hunter Renfro make some good plays. And the defense has been what has really always been a good part of this team, along with the pitching. The offense has stepped up a little bit this year, and that's part of the reason why they're finally here. Another player I want to give a shout-out to, Mike Zanino. He hit two home runs in this American League uh, Championship Series, four RBIs. He hit 278. And for a guy that only hit 147 in the 2020 regular season, that's quite the step up, and they needed him. And anytime you can have any uh, any production from the catching position, that's certainly a victory. And Zanino gave them that for sure. And, I mean, this guy, he's played the majority of his career in Seattle, you know, they don't make the postseason. He comes to Tampa Bay in 2019 and 2018. They've made the postseason both years. So he, he's been there for them. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say other than the fact that Kevin Cash is the best coach in baseball. I've said yeah, this for terrific. the past three. I've said this for the past three years. Should have won Coach of the Year in 2018. He didn't. Should have won it last year. He didn't. I I would like to think he's going to win it this year. It's probably going to get to Toronto because they won like 33 games without playing like at their actual home stadium bore me with that. Uh, but everything this race team does is pretty much perfect. And if Brandon Lau can get it going, he was their best offensive hitter for this team in the regular season. This lineup is going to be a little bit more dangerous because we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. I don't think this offense is going to be able to compete with the Dodgers. You guys got anything else about the ALCS? Yeah. Here's the thing that you brought up Mike Zunino. He's a guy who's known for his defense. He's a great catcher. He does a great job with establishing 
of calling games behind the plate. He does a great job of that. And that's a huge reason why you've seen so much success with the pitching staff. But to see him contribute offensively was terrific because people can game plan for that. Yeah, he's great behind the plate. He's not good when it comes to hitting. But he had a he had a very solid series hitting, and it's great to see him establish his bat as well. Yeah, I mean, just something to add on that as well. You talk about, you know, another guy who's, you know, sort of come from one team or, you know, and stepped up with another who, you know, has sort of just stepped up. I mean, you talked a little bit about Manuel Margot on the defensive end of things, but the guys also found, you know, a way to contribute on offense in a huge way this postseason. He's hit five home runs, he's driven in 11. A guy who's not traditionally known for his power or really as a, as a hitter in general, he's more of a, you know, a defender, I'd say especially in the regular season, you know, he's stepped up. He's produced a lot of power for them as well. So, again, you know, you have guys doing their job and then some. So getting production from guys like Zunino and Margot and, you know, Joey Wendell as well and G-Man Choi, guys who are undervalued at their respective spots is so huge. And it just proves why you don't need, you know, a $250-plus million payroll to, to compete at this level. You just need to have the right guys and you need to – Put them in the right places and give them a chance to succeed. And the Rays have just proved that to a T. Right, another player want to give a shout out to. A lot of people call him the goat, and rightfully so. It's G Man Choi. On this series, he had a home run. It was his only RBI in the series, but he drew four walks, hit 385, which came out to a 529 on base percentage. So he was a big part of the success in this series. He only played in five games just because you know he's that left-handed bat. Didn't want him starting against Framber Valdez, and rightfully so. Framber Valdez was a really good pitcher for the Astros this series. I mean, the, the Rays, they did it all. Uh, you already mentioned Manuel Margot, Padre, bless up. Hope hope he gets a ring. Same with Hunter Renfro, who uh, had a golden sombrero in this series. Uh, and Cole body bagged me again. Uh, seems to be a common trend on the golden sombrero Twitter, but that's fine. Uh, the Rays, though. You got to give a lot of credit to them. Their, their bullpen at times was a little bit shaky this year. So we hadn't seen that yet this postseason. Diego Castillo in either game five or game six, I forget which one, uh, he, he kind of blew it for him. Uh, he came in for Snell, didn't get the job done. Nick Anderson didn't look like the Nick Anderson that we saw throughout the regular season and through the first half of this postseason. Those guys need to get it right if they want to be able to beat the Dodgers because we all know the Dodgers are basically a juggernaut. And – the only thing that's standing in the way of them is America's team and the race. So you got anything else in the ALCS? Nope. All right, let's move over to the NLCS. So I got the pleasure of attending this and it was quite, uh, it was quite awesome. I won't lie. It was good to be back in the ballpark for games two and games three uh, Braves. They got off to a two, nothing lead in the series. They, they took game one with four runs in the ninth inning and then they took game two with a big rally early in the game. The Dodgers almost came back to get the victory there. And then the Dodgers started to come back. They scored 11 runs in the first inning of game three. That, that, that sucked to be there for. I won't lie. It was, it was pretty tough listening to all the Dodgers fans. And uh, the usher always telling us to put our masks on every 10 minutes. It sucked. Uh, anyways, uh, and then the, Ra uh, the Braves, they took game four. They're up 3-1. And everyone's saying the Braves are going to move on. But got to remember, this is an Atlanta sports team. And what do Atlanta sports teams do, guys? 
They know how to choke. Yes, they are good at choking. And choking, they did. They ended up losing games five, game six, and game seven. Pretty much all in very uh, bad ways. Uh, very very unfashionable choking ways, especially game game six or game five. They really had a chance to win that. And then Will Smith got beat out by Will Smith, which was awesome. Uh, what did you guys notice from this series, Cole? Start with you. Yeah, I think just to start, you know, I think the early part of the series was really defined by the big inning is what I noticed. You know, you had game one where Atlanta, you know, was able to cruise to victory after that. Um, I think it was like a four or five run ninth or whatever. Um, and then I'm pretty sure they did sort of the same kind of thing in game two. But then in game three, you had the Dodgers basically ended the game um, in the first inning scoring 11 runs. Um, it was all about the beginning for, for me. That's what I really noticed early in the series. But then as I think really what stuck out, and again, we've talked about it a lot over the course of this postseason, but Atlanta's had their pitching step up so well up until this series. And it performed well again, for the most part in this series, um, which again was just such a huge factor because, you know, of all the injuries we've already highlighted about a billion times, um, but they've had guys like Ian Anderson come out of nowhere and the guy had a scoreless inning streak of over 20 innings and, you know, Kyle Wright was good until that game three. Um, and then, you know, Max Fried has been outstanding all, all year long. Um, and then they pulled out Bryce Wilson for, I think it was uh, game four. Um, he was really good. But I think what happened was, is the bullpen got a little overtaxed and when the bullpen gets a little overtaxed, that's when, problems start happening within, you know, that's when the Dodgers start causing problems. And again, you know, this team is just so much more deep. They have guys they can just throw out there and use for innings on end and have another guy they can turn to the very next day. Um, you know, having options like Dustin May and Julio Urias out of the bullpen and then being able to turn to them as starters was, I feel like such a huge part, regardless of how they performed, you know, for Dave Roberts just to get a guy who can eat some innings for you is huge, even in a series like this with World Series implications, because you know your team is good enough to put up enough runs regardless of who's pitching. And that's just kind of what happened. I think, you know, the Dodgers just really didn't lose faith and didn't really lose, you know, confidence in who they are, obviously, as a team. You know, they got some big help from guys like Mookie Betts and Will Smith with the big home run. Um, Kike Hernandez had two big home runs in the series. He didn't, you know – he didn't hit overall really great, but he had a huge home run in game seven that definitely, I feel like, honestly saved their season. Um, you know, Cody Bellinger obviously didn't have the best series either, but he had that, you know, he, you know, he hit the dagger, if you will. Um, again, these, the Dodgers just find a way to win, and it's because they have the tools at their disposal to just go out and use it any given night and then be able to come back the next day and have confidence in whoever – they're going to be able to put on the field um, for the next nine innings with the Braves. I just feel like they didn't have that luxury. You know, it was again, just a day by day decision of who was going to pitch, you know, the offense you knew was going to be effective and put up runs. But again, it really just came down to the Braves pitching and they did again, a phenomenal job. You got to give them so much credit for how much they've been through this, this year and this postseason and how they performed. But again, it just came down to the end and you cannot, 
have things collapse on you like they did, I felt like, at the very end. So, again, I feel like it's just the Dodgers, you know, outwitting their opponent yet again. Um, overall, it was a great series. It was just – it was fun to watch. Um, you know, the Braves definitely played with some heart. They, I feel like they, again, played with a bit of a chip on their shoulder after what happened last year against the Cardinals, um, and it really showed. But, again, I mean, I, I just don't think anyone's as good or even close to as good as L.A. is, and it just, again, proved – uh, over the past seven games. Yeah, here's the thing with the Dodgers and the Braves series. First off, all credit goes to the Braves for what they did. This postseason with losing three pieces of their pitching staff, they lost King Felix before the season started, lost Cole Hamels for the playoffs, and they lost their ace, Mike Soroka, in the season. And they made it to the NLCS and almost took down the best team in the MLB in the Dodgers. They were terrific. But getting into the into the series specifically, Marcelo Zuna was terrific. Two home run game in Game Four, he's what got them there. Marcelo Zuna made up for honestly not the best series from Ronald Acuna Jr. hitting. He made up for that loss of a big bat, which was huge. And when you look at the pitching staff, Cole, you're you're right. The bullpen got taxed very much, and. It's what it really came down to is that Dave Roberts did a great job of honestly saving his job because if they would have lost, they could have potentially fired him despite giving him contract extension. And, yeah, you can talk about Bellinger with the big home run, Kike Hernandez with two big home runs, but Corey Seager, he set history in the series. Five home runs, 11 RBIs. He was terrific at the plate. He is what fueled that offense and fueled a comeback. But – you got to mention Mookie Betts. Not first hitting as much as his fielding. Multiple highlight plays. Robbed that Freeman home run in Game 7. Robs a huge hit from Marcelo Zuna in Game 6. He was terrific in the field. He didn't hit the best, but he was terrific in the field. Julio Urias, terrific in those last three innings. I thought Dave Roberts made the perfect call sticking with him for the ninth inning. I wouldn't have gone to Jansen. He was rolling and he was dealing. Let him keep going. So, Dave Roberts did a great job managing, and the Dodgers' offense, whenever their back was really against a wall, they made up for it, and they got the runs. So, that's really what it came down to, was situational baseball and defensive plays that really turned the tie of the series. Got to give a shout-out to Justin Turner, who hit well in the series, but made a terrific defensive play, stopping a big inning for the Braves. So, great job by the Dodgers, really piecing it all together to come back. Yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts really showed why I think he's the second-best player in all of baseball. It's not just the hitting, which wasn't on full display in this series. Uh, I mean, hit the ball plenty hard all series, especially the entire Dodgers lineup. Those guys just hit the ball hard. Uh, that's something the Rays are going to have to do. They're going to have to position themselves because the Dodgers are going to hit the ball hard regardless. But what Mookie Betts also did on the base paths in the field, is part of the reason why they won the series. You saw the robbery of the Marcelo Zuna line drive in the right field, where honestly I thought that play was a little bit more impressive than the, the Rob Hull run from Freeman. That ball was hit on a line. He had to run, he had to jump backwards in the wall. He was just free going into the wall. I don't think a lot of people understand how difficult that play is. Also, the shoestring grab and then the throw to home plate because Ozuna had to leave early because he knew that Mookie Betts has that cannon arm. 
and then all of a sudden the momentum flips in game five. Then the Dodgers come back. Stuff like that that doesn't go on the stat sheet for Mookie Betts, unless you want to look really deep in the fielding, which I will do for our Gold Glove show, and I'll get half them wrong again like I did last year. Uh, it's stuff like that that makes Mookie Betts better than, you know, even guys like Cody Bellinger, because Cody Bellinger is a great fielder, but Cody's not as good of a hitter as Mookie Betts is. Christian Yelich. You know, Christian Yelich had that year and a half of really good hitting. Outside of that, you know, kind of pedestrian, not really good in the field. Mookie Betts, he's been consistent for the past five years, really good in the field. Stuff like that puts Mookie Betts over those guys. That's stuff you don't see. Uh, he drew some blocks. He got on base. He'd steal. And even when he wasn't stealing, they got Corey Seager up. And the pitcher's got to say, I got to worry about Mookie Betts running. I got to worry about keeping him close because I know that if the ball goes in the gap, he's going to score. Guess what? You're thinking about Mookie Betts. You're not thinking about Corey Seager as much. And Corey Seager, NLCS MVP. Uh, he's got one year left on his contract. He's going to get paid. You know, After not playing uh, in 2018 and really not being that healthy in 2019, he came back. He showed what he's capable of when he's healthy, and that's one of the best players, one of the best shortstops in all baseball. Still could clean up the fielding just a bit, but he did a fairly good job in the LCS. So Dodgers, they really showed they're a complete team. Uh, Kershaw, they only had to pitch him once, and considering the fact that he's going to finish in the top five in Young, really speaks to the amount of depth they have in that pitching position. I saw someone say that they're not a top five rotation or they're underrated as a rotation. No, they're not. They're one of the best rotations in all baseball, and if you paid attention to them all year, you knew that. This Dodgers team is special, and I really don't see a way that they don't beat the Rays unless the Rays just their bats absolutely wake up, which going into this Texas stadium where most of their runs were reliant on the home run ball at Petco Park, and now you're going to Texas where the ball doesn't really fly, especially if you hit it high and the, the wind circulating at the top because the roof's open, ball's going to die. So I think the Dodgers have set themselves up there's a big question mark about who's going to start game two. We know Walker Buehler is going to start game one, or Kershaw is going to start game one, and Buehler is going to start game three. But uh, the Dodgers team, they're they're so impressive. I mean, C Cody Bellinger showed out in the field, drew some walks. He showed a lot of he showed a lot of play discipline in this series against the Braves. He only hit 200, which by any standard isn't very good. But once again, you got to look deeper than that. 355 on base percentage. He drew six blocks the entire series in a seven game series. That's pretty darn impressive. 520 slugging percentage. He hit two bombs, including that triple in game two that almost sparked the comeback. So even when Cody Bellinger isn't producing, he's still that he still got that presence in the lineup. That that bomb that he hit was was awesome as a baseball fan. And just knowing that these guys are here for several more years as a Padres fan and as Coles a Diamondbacks fan, it's really discouraging knowing that this team is going to be good for several more years. I was hoping that I saw Blake Trinan and Justin Turner in their Dodger uniforms for the last time this week. I got to watch them for another week, and hopefully they can uh, they can go somewhere else, please. Anything else you guys got on this NLCS? Well, I mean, I – you know, you guys kind of – we all kind of just pointed it out, honestly. You know, again, this Dodger team is just – they're special. You know, they've they've built themselves up over the past few seasons after, you know, already being so successful and getting to the World Series or getting deep into the playoffs consistently but constantly not finding that extra gear to be able to, you know, reach the series and then win those extra four games. Um, 
you know, they've finally gotten to this point where, again, you know, we sit here and we say, I don't see how they how they lose this. And, you know, we'll see how the series goes. But, you know, I just feel like no discrediting the Rays, obviously. This is an extremely fun team to watch. They're very good at what they do. Um, they're definitely going to make it interesting at very at bare minimum. But they're just not the Dodgers. They're not – you know, as deep top to bottom, you know, as the Dodgers are. And again, they just show it every single series. They just outweigh you. You know, they just have more guys in their back pocket that they can throw out there at any given moment and you can produce for them, you know? So I think that's just a huge takeaway from the season, you know, just for the Dodgers in general. Um, it's just a very well put together baseball organization with a great manager, with a great, you know, with great baseball minds at the top um, putting this together. So, um, you know, that's just is what it is, and we'll see what happens in the series. Ryan, you got anything else to add on that LCS? No, I don't got anything besides the fact that looking at this Dodger team, you just have to look at the amount of insane depth they have. The fact that Jock Peterson, who could be an everyday outfielder on any other team, really, is still only playing – three, four games in a series is ridiculous. They've got the pitching. They've got the depth. They've got the hitting. They've got everything it takes to, to win it all, and that's just how special they are. Yeah, Edwin Rios, too. He's going to he's gonna slot in for Turner if that's where they – if that's the route they decide to go. If they decide to move on from Jock Peterson instead, Rios can slot in at DH, given that their outfield is still Bellinger, Pollock, and – bets this team's gonna be so good for the next couple of years still it's honestly ridiculous so let's talk about the world series uh what are let, let's 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 look at some pitching matchups uh let's look at some hitting lineups how the lineups compare and then we'll look at the bullpens and coaching staff and, you know break it down one by one so let's start with starting pitching because i think we can all agree starting pitching is the most important part of a roster these two teams they both thrive there ray raise rotation they got uh Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Ryan Yarborough, and that's that's really it. They only got four guys, really, and they kind of rotate those guys in. And with those days off, you only need four guys. And you look at the Dodgers. They got Kershaw. They got Bueller. They got May. They got Gonsolin. They got Urias. They've got several options. How do you think these guys – or how do you think these two rotations stand up against each other? How do you think they compare? Um. Well, I mean, just to start, you know – I think, you know, where the Rays definitely have at least I feel like a little bit of an advantage probably wouldn't be within the starting pitching, definitely within the bullpen. But I feel like if you're going to stack up, you know, the starting pitching and all those aspects, I feel like the starting pitching is is probably the closest um, related to the Dodgers that they're ever or, you know, they're probably their toughest matchup so far this postseason that they're going to get. Um, given what, you know, the Rays have in their arsenal. I mean, Glasnow, who has honestly struggled a little bit this postseason, I feel like he's kind of gotten bitten by the ERA bug a bit, but he's been pretty good. He's definitely performed in the past. Um, Charlie Morton was very good in that game seven. Um, and then obviously Blake Snell, who is another guy who has struggled a little bit. But, you know, the Rays don't need guys. That That's the thing that sets the Rays apart from the Dodgers, I feel like, is the Rays don't need a guy to go 
five or six innings. He can go four innings and they can finish it with the bullpen and find a way to win the game. It's going to be tough against the Dodgers, but I definitely, again, feel like if the Rays are able to jump out to an early lead, they might actually find ways to win, squeak out a couple wins. It's going to be tough, but I can see that happening. Um, as far as just matchups are concerned, I like Glasnow versus uh, Kershaw in game one. Again, I feel like two guys who have struggled this postseason um, coming in, matching up against each other. I feel like that's probably going to be a bit of a high-scoring game. Um, if you ask me, just, again, given how both of those guys have struggled recently. Um, but that's definitely a matchup I really like. Um, and then, you know, from that point forward, again, it's just really about who the Dodgers go with in game two. I feel like whoever, regardless of whoever pitches in game three, I mean, Walker Bueller, having Walker Bueller on the mound, if you're the Dodgers, is is probably advantage Dodgers. Um, so aside from that, yeah, I again, you know, just to sort of clarify, I suppose, um, I feel like this is a much more evenly matched starting pitching, you know, clash, if you will. Um, you know, two rotations, like I said before, just very talented, a lot of live arms, a lot of guys who, you know, are going to go out and they're going to shove and they're going to turn it over to the bullpens that are just going to be lights out. I feel like you're going to have quite a few low scoring games. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of games that are decided in the early innings for whoever jumps ahead first. Um, before it gets turned over to the bullpens. Yeah. Looking at the starting pitching, I give the advantage to the Rays. I think the Rays just have the overall better pitching staff because they're just insanely deep. They've got Glass now. They've got Snell. They've got Morton, and they've got Yarborough. And then they've got a terrific bullpen. And I know we'll get into bullpens into a minute, in a minute, but I think that she, the best two matchups will be when you have Kershaw and Glass now, and then I'm pretty sure it's going to be Morton and Bueller. I think those are going to be those two matchups really stand out to me because I think those are going to be terrific matchups. And yeah, Kershaw did not have the best start, but he was solid and he was pretty good through five and a third before he started getting hits off of him, and then he started to fall apart, which is what he does in the playoffs. But I really like what Dave Roberts did, staying away from Kershaw, making sure he's available to pitch in game one because that's what he needed to do. And I think that's huge to have your one of your aces be able to pitch game one instead of having to wait till two or three after pitching game seven. So I think that's huge. The key for the Rays is what Cole said, getting a lead early, and then if you're starting to go five, just give it off to the bullpen and you're good to go. But the bullpen got hit a little bit against the Astros. They got to get back to their foundation and get back to their shutout baseball. If they can get there and the Rays can get early leads, they are in a good spot to win this series. Yeah, I think these two rotations match up very nicely. They're both – uh, the Rays, the Rays get they got their four guys, and the Dodgers they got a little more options, uh, so they can they can maybe use an opener like they did in Game Seven, where they they wanted Dustin made a matchup against the top of the order, then bringing Gonsolin around so that he could go two through two times through the order when he's only facing the bottom, the top of the order once. They could do that now. The Rays top of the order is nowhere near as good as the Braves top of the order, 
And that's where we're going to lead our next discussion into is the lineups. Now, I don't think it's any secret to anyone that the Dodgers lineup is significantly better. They have more power. Uh, you could argue the hit for more contact. I don't know if they're as patient hitters as the Rays, but what do you guys look at in comparing these two lineups? You know, I could we could all talk about the Dodgers lineup all day, honestly. Again, like you said, it's really not even close. I mean, you know, again, it just comes to depth. They just have guys who they can pull out their bench, and then they have star power in their starting lineup that just kind of speaks for itself. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight over the Rays because I mean even even though it's not very close as far as um, matching up is concerned, again they have they have guys who are able to get on base and produce runs and they just do their job. Um, you know we talked a little bit about G-Man Choi, um, you know Randy Rosarena obviously Manuel Margot. We talked about those guys a little bit um, who are huge parts. Um, but as far as like guys who come off the bench and like depth is concerned, you know, Mike Brasso is a guy maybe to keep your eye on. He had that big home run in the division series that sent Tampa to the championship series off of Rolls Chapman. Um, they mixed and matched him in the lineup a lot over the course of the series at first base. And even at third base, I know Kevin Cash definitely likes to play with his, you know, utility players a little bit, put them in different spots um, in the lineup um, and sort of mix things up. I feel like he could definitely be an effective piece in this series as well. Um, a guy who's, again, you know, proven to be a pretty solid bat from the right side. Um, Brandon Lau, we mentioned him before. This is a guy who, if he gets going, he, he's he's the difference maker on, um, you know, this really solid raised roster. Um, I think he was hitless going into one of the games during the championship series, if I'm not mistaken, even if he wasn't. Obviously, again, he hasn't done very great, but he had that home run in one of the final two games. I feel like that might be able to turn him in the right direction. Um, so that's a huge piece if they can get him going. Um, I think, again, Randy Rosarena is going to have to be a, a big time. He's just going to have to continue to ride his hot streak that he's been on. I mean, the dude's been a freak as of late. Again, he's the hottest hitter, probably the best player on the planet at the current moment. Um if he can stay hot, that's huge for them because outside of him, you know, Mike Zunino, um, G-Man Choi were really the only other true consistent hitters over the course of the last series. The Dodgers, you know, you're not going to be able to keep up if you only have two or three guys who are doing well when the Dodgers have nine guys who at any given moment can be out slugging you regardless of the time of year. So definitely – going to be a key to have guys like a Rosarena um, continue their um, hot streaks, if you will. Um, and then, you know, just to be able to capitalize on the advantages that they were able to, you know, sort of um, expose during the Astros series. Yeah. And I think we lost Ryan, which, you know, isn't a huge deal to anyone, but uh, just uh, reflect. Yeah. You just texted us that his computer died. Classic. Uh yeah, you mentioned it. There was only a couple of key contributors for this Rays lineup as opposed to the Dodgers lineup where it's really the whole ordeal. I mean, you you got Cody Bellinger hitting sixth. That, that speaks for itself. He won the MVP last year. He had a, he had a plus OPS plus uh, in this last series. So he, he's been contributing for them. 
you look at the Rays lineup, not really much there. You know, they are getting some production out of Zunino at the nine spot. Another guy you got to look at, Manuel Margot. We've already mentioned him, but uh, 261 batting average, 346 OBP. That was something he never did in San Diego. I watched this guy play a lot, and I screamed at him a lot because uh, he wasn't really producing. And, you know, it was partly the Potters' fault. Now he's in Tampa Bay. He's he's doing what everyone thought he would be, a 346 OBP, 652 slugging. Now, of course, that's in seven games. I mean, that, that's something that he never really did. So got to give credit to him. He hit three home runs in a seven-game series. I don't think he ever did that in a month. Obviously, that's uh, an exaggeration. But Margo, he's performing. And then just to speak on how poor Brandon Lyle's been playing, he didn't have a single hit in the division series. Now, he did hit a home run in the championship series against the Rays as Ryan rejoins us. Uh, so if Brandon Lyle can get going, because he was the team's best offensive player on the year, 152 OPS plus on the season with 14 home runs, he doesn't even have 14 hits in this postseason. So, I mean, it's not even close, actually. So he needs to pick it up if the Rays want to have a shot at winning this series. Uh, Ryan, we were just talking how do these two lineups compare in your eyes? Honestly, we've talked about it time and time again. This Dodgers lineup is the best in baseball. Look at their first five. They've got Seager. They've got Betts. Bellinger's in the top six now, so top six. Muncy, you've got just all the guys that they have, including Will Smith. There's so many pieces to that lineup, one through nine, where you have to be worried at every single moment because any guy in that spot can drive in a run and make a big play at any time. You saw Kike Hernandez last night in game seven, pinch hit at the eight hole, hit a game tying solo shot that was crushed to left center. They've just have the depth that I don't think the Rays have. And like you said, Dominic, Brandon Lau's got to get going. They need Rosarena to keep doing what he's doing. And, and Hunter Renfro is just going to have to bring power along with Austin Meadows. They're going to have to try to, at some point, match the power that the Dodgers have. And it's going to have to come from Renfro and Meadows in this situation. Otherwise, they might not have a shot. But the key is get runs early and rely on your pitching. Yep. Let's talk some more about their pitching. The two bullpens. Now, the Dodgers' bullpen in the past has been – a glaring weakness, and it's been one of the main reasons why they haven't been able to get the World Series title. A lot of people, and myself included, think that the bullpen is going to be what helps them win the World Series on top of what's been a strength of theirs for the past couple of years. Now, if you want to talk about bullpens, you're going to talk about one of the best in the games in the Tampa Bay race. How do these bullpens stack up against each other? Because I know I love this race bullpen. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to love the race bullpen. I mean, it's definitely the best part of their team it's, it's their trademark it's their staple you know they're a lot like um those 2015 kansas city royals minus the speed i'd say you know we all remember the royals having that dominant bullpen that's what the rays have it's just it's the number one bullpen in baseball i think honestly advantage rays here regardless of you know the dodgers you know being able to perform really well um with guys like jansen excuse me um <clears throat> And, you know, having options like Urias and May at any given point out of the bullpen as well. But, I mean, the Rays have, like, a solid core of, like, I mean, shoot, 
five or six guys in their bullpen who they can put in any situation who can get three outs at any given moment for them. You know, we've mentioned, I, I think Nick Anderson quite a bit, you know, yeah, he got touched up a little bit in the championship series, but this is a guy who had, I'm pretty sure the lowest ERA amongst relievers in the regular season. He's arguably one of, if not the best closer in baseball. Um, and he was appearing in games in like, I think the, the fifth or the sixth for the race. So again, you know, versatility amongst their bullpen guys, Kevin Cash can throw in whoever he wants at whatever time he wants and he can get three outs or six outs even. Um, you know, another guy I feel like who you can't really talk about this role raised bullpen right now um, without talking about him is Peter Fairbanks, who was very good in this series, you know, kind of stepped in. He's kind of a new face. I feel like in that bullpen, eight in the third innings pitched, two one six ERA during this entire postseason. He's been really good for him um, as well. Definitely a weapon that they're going to use like Nick Anderson quite a bit um, in a versatile spot. Um, Aaron Loop was another guy who has been good over the course of the season, you know, really solid lefty for Kevin Cash. Um, I feel like another guy who definitely you're going to see quite a bit of innings out of, especially, again, considering how he's performed. Small sample size, he's only pitched three innings this entire postseason, but he hasn't given up a run. So, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, Diego Castilla made a couple, got a couple big outs, I think, early in the series. Um, he's going to be big for them. But, yeah, overall, Rays bullpen is just the best in baseball. It's probably going to be the best in baseball for a long time. They're just built, you know, top to bottom, you know, to be one of the best bullpens in baseball. And I think it just, you know, again, you've got five or six guys you can use at any given time. And so that just speaks for itself. Um, Ryan Thompson's another guy who is really good. I could go on for days. The entire bullpen's great. But, um, again, I think it's really – we I've mentioned it before. Ryan said it before. If the Rays can get an early lead, they have a bit of a chance. It's just going to come down to the guys who struggled in the Astros series to, you know, buckle down and make sure that they clean up the mental and physical mistakes, obviously, to, over the course of this series. If they can do that, this actually might be a much more interesting series than we think it's going to be. Yeah. It, what else can we say about – both teams' bullpens. They're both two of the best. The Rays have the advantage, again, because they have, in my opinion, the best. Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, Aaron Loop, they've just got so much depth in that bullpen where their starters don't even need to go, uh, well, for them to be considered a game in going five innings. They could go three, four innings and still win ballgames through that bullpen, which is key for them. And I think that with that, they can rely on their pitching to win this series because they've got great starters and they've got a great bullpen. So what it comes down to is them being able to manufacture and score runs early. We've said it. It's going to be key for them is to get those runs early and get to the bullpen after four or five innings because the bullpen is what's going to drive them. And it's going to come down Nick Anderson. It's going to come down to guys like Ryan Thompson, Aaron Loop, Pete Fairbanks, there's so many guys in that bullpen that you just can't count out and that have been just so big for them. Moving on to the Dodgers bullpen. This has been a shocking bullpen because it's kind of been their Achilles heel the past couple years is that bullpen. But they've got Victor Gonzalez, Bruce Dargratterall, Dylan Floro, Blake Trinan, 
Kenley Jansen, who's kind of had a bounce back year. They've had a tough bullpen the past couple years. Just hasn't performed very well. But now that look at their bullpen now. It's one of the best in baseball. And they could be comfortable going with guys like Dustin May last night, going one inning and relying on the bullpen the rest of the way. So they have that opportunity and that leisure to do that. So that's what makes the Dodgers bullpen so dangerous. Both bullpens are very good. And their play could decide the series. So I think when looking at the pitching matchup, bullpen versus bullpen is going to be something to really watch. Yeah, I, the reason that I was comfortable picking them to win the World Series over previous years was because their bullpen was going to be improved. Bringing in Bruce Eric Ratterall from the Twins slash Red Sox, which I don't even want to get into. I'm still mad about that. And then with signing and bringing Blake Trine in, you know, Dylan Floro coming back healthy this year. The talk about Kenley was he was going to be better this year. He was at the beginning of the year, started to fade away towards the end of the year. But in his last two outings, he looked a lot better. Once he gets that fastball spinning, oh, man, his cutter is impossible to hit. And like you, like you mentioned, Ryan, they got some lefties that are tough to hit. Jake McGee, they brought him in from Colorado, 2.66 ERA. Victor Gonzalez, you already mentioned, 1.33 ERA. He's had a couple of key outs for them this year. Kalerik hasn't been great in the postseason, but really good lefty specialist guy. So if Brandon Lyle or Austin Meadows come up in a big spot, don't be surprised to see Kalerik coming, coming in to face them. But then you also won't be surprised to see Kevin Cash counter that and bring in a right-handed hitter. Uh, it's guys like that that the Dodgers are going to have to rely on out of the bullpen. Uh, and it's also going to be a question of who can Dave Roberts trust and when, and is he going to put them in the right situations to succeed? Because we saw it early on in the NLCS. He was not putting guys in good situations to succeed. Brings in Pedro Baez when he isn't even warmed up. I was able to watch him warm up because I was at the game. The dude was he was he was tossing from the bottom of the mound because he hadn't been warmed up. What does he do when he comes in? Hit, walk, walk, and then Cody Bellinger bails him out with a nice play in center field. And then he comes out of the game and it's like, Dave, what are you doing? And that's part of the reason why Dodger fans don't like Dave Roberts. Now he managed game seven perfectly. Gotta give him credit for that. But that's been his Achilles heel is the bullpen management in this race team. They on paper. You know, name basis, they're not they're not better than a lot of teams of baseball. But they do the little things right, and when you make a mistake, they make you pay for it. You saw with the Jose Altuve errors. What did the Rays do? Took advantage of it. That's how they were able to win the series. So now the Dodgers are going to have to play good, strong defense, which is a strength of them. Uh, but if the Dodgers make some mistakes, don't be surprised when the Rays capitalize on them because that's what they end up doing. All right, guys. We've now broken down the positions. It's time to give our official World Series predictions. I know I've had this matchup the entire year, uh, so I've been expecting this. But what do you guys expect in this series? Give me your winner in however how many games. Uh, so I'll start, and I, I mean it's tough not to go with the Dodgers. I, I, it pains me to say Dodgers, but it's probably going to be LA. I think this is going to be an interesting series, though. Again, I I think considering, you know, how they played towards the beginning of that championship series against Atlanta, it shows that they're definitely vulnerable. I mean, they're definitely going to capitalize on, you know, you know, being one of the better teams in the league, obviously having this sort of mentality as, 
you know, hey, we're good enough to beat these guys. We have the depth and all that. Um, and it shows, obviously, why they came back in the series and they won against the Bra- Braves team who had them down 3-1. Um, but I think Tampa Bay comes in sort of facing sort of the same kind of disadvantage. But they've got guys who are riding hot streaks and they got guys who look really good and I think are going to perform really well again, continuing throughout the postseason, just in the world series. So I've got the Dodgers winning it and I got it going six games. So I'll say six games. I think, um, I think the Rays find a way to squeak out a couple of wins. Um, but aside from that, I think it's going to be, you know, all Dodgers from that point forward, they're going to be, like I said, some low scoring games. I feel like, you know, given how the bullpens and the starting rotations match up, uh, but overall, I think it's going to really be about who gets an early lead first and who's able to maintain it. I feel like if you're a Rays fan um, and the Rays are able to get an early lead and they get good performances out of their starters through at least four or five innings, then you can probably feel pretty confident that the bullpen's going to do their job and lock it down for the rest of the way. If it's, for, if it's the same thing for the Dodgers, I feel like, again, it's the same sort of situation. If you're able to get an early lead – you can probably rely on the bullpen to do a pretty nice job the rest of the way, considering how they've played so far this postseason. So I do definitely Ryan, have oh, winning it in um, six games, but I think it's going to be a pretty well-played series on both ends. Yeah, I agree. Dodgers in six. I think what's going to come down to is just the Dodgers are the better team. These are the two best teams going at it. And looking at it, the Rays have relied on their pitching a lot because their offense isn't that great. The Dodgers have it all. They're great at every facet of the game. Pitching, they're great. Hitting, they're great. They have solid defense, especially the outfield when you've got Bellinger and Betts. So this team is complete. This is the Dodgers' year. We've all said it. This is their year. They're going to get it done. But don't expect the Rays to go down without a fight because this team is still very good. If they can get those early leads and they can rely on that bullpen and get their bullpen guys who struggled in the CS to pitch better and get back to where they were in the regular season, this is a different series. But the Dodgers can just hit at any time and at any spot in their lineup. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers in six. I'm going to take the Dodgers in five games. I I think the way that these two teams are playing right now, series certainly favors the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the better team offensively, and they're just as good as the Rays, almost as good as the Rays in terms of pitching. Uh, Like I said, Dave Roberts is going to have to pull the right strings, and if he doesn't, that's going to let the Rays into the series. But I think that the Dodgers are outmatching the Rays in just about every single facet of the series, especially in terms of offense. Now, like I said earlier, if the Rays can get some of their hitters to turn it around, uh, Austin Meadows hasn't been hitting the ball well. Brandon Lau hasn't been hitting the ball the ball well. They're going to need those guys. But I don't think that's going to happen against the Dodgers. So I'm going to take them in five. You guys got any last comments before we hit out? Can't wait to watch. All right. That's going to wrap up. This Golden Sombrero Show, this was our World Series prediction. We hope that you enjoy watching the World Series games. Games 1 and 2 are Tuesday and Wednesday, off day on Thursday. Then they go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And all these games will be 
on at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure to tune in because baseball is cool. Baseball is awesome. Baseball is the best. And we thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time.